and welcome to the Taste Uber Music Podcast. I'm Diana Lynn. After a 40-year career in corporate America, I took a huge U-turn and became a volunteer DJ on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Since 2010, I've been the host, programmer, and engineer of a weekly Americana Roots music show, The Tasty Brew. With this podcast, I'll be sharing conversations with artists and music industry insiders with the goal of entertaining and educating the listening audience, all while giving a voice to the music makers that are underserved or ignored by mainstream media. Mary Bragg, a lovely woman from Georgia that crafts beautiful songs from her home base in Nashville, was another one of those serendipitous folk alliance finds discovered in the wee small hours of a conference private showcase. When I caught a set she did in Kansas City as part of the first Friday events hosted at the Folk Alliance HQ last August, I knew I wanted to have a sit down with her for this podcast. We had that opportunity in New Orleans on an afternoon when we were both running on empty but still managed to have an easygoing, wide-ranging conversation that covered topics like sound engineering, publishing, performing arts organizations, record deals, distribution, flying in tracks, and oh yes, songwriting, the art of the song, and how living in Nashville has taught her how important it is to lean in and own the ability to translate emotion and humanity into a song. As we agreed, if the song and the performance isn't stellar, it doesn't really matter that much whether you have the so-called best hardware and software. Writing is the most vulnerable state that I'm ever in, says Mary Bragg. But there can be a real beauty in that vulnerability when you know you've written the strongest thing that you can, when you've paired a killer melody with a meaningful lyric that says exactly what you've always wanted to say. And that is why I love supporting song crafters like Mary Bragg. What she writes is meaningful for me and verbalizes thoughts and feelings I have myself. You are on the right track, Mary Bragg. Stay there, please, and thank you. What I do know mm-hmm. about Mary Bragg is that you are a wonderful songwriter, mm-hmm. and in my estimation, you write songs for grown-ass women <laughs> you know the, the songs that I can identify awesome. with um, for sure and the voice is so reminiscent to me of my mother's voice really who was a big band singer and a jazz wow. singer back in the 40s that used to get compared a lot to Patsy Cline mm. and, and voices like that and I just hear my mother's voice in those oh, and so, so that's great one of the reasons I, I was instantly a fan mm. um, why are you at Folk Alliance this year? You had a, mm-hmm. an official showcase, mm-hmm. but is this a regular part of your routine, Folk Alliance? It is. I really like coming, uh, this is my seventh. This is my seventh. Really? Yeah. Consecutive? Mm-hmm. Consecutive? Mm-hmm. This is also my seventh consecutive mm-hmm. year. Interesting. So mm-hmm. we started in Kansas City in 2014. Yes. yes. And um, I guess my... The thing that keeps bringing me back is just the sense of of um, passion for songs and community, and you don't really ever know what your your sort of most enlightened moment is going to be when you're coming into it. But by the time Sunday rolls around, you're so glad you came, you know. Well, you may have a plan. We think you have a plan, right? When you come here, and I've found in seven years of coming, within fifteen minutes of the first day, it's pretty much all 
shot to hell, mm-hmm. I might be able to um, salvage, you know, snippets of my original mm-hmm. intent. But you know, it's a lot like a lot of things with life. You just got to learn how to go with the flow. That's right. And to be open to mm-hmm. serendipity, and, and hopefully, it'll work out. Um, it's an industry event, mm-hmm. so I think a lot of um, uh, emphasis, especially for the first timers and the uh, the young kids, they mm. they see this as an industry industry event. And they don't know what to do, mm. and they don't know anything about the business side mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they are joyful to discover what a you know what a community mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. and how empowering it can be just mm-hmm. to be in the presence of of other musicians. Other musicians who are doing, you know, doing the thing that you love and that you might want to be doing, and being around people that have been in the business and artists and industry folks um, that have been doing it for so long that like there's so much to learn um, and absorb, you know, in these panels and hallway this and that's that you just if you have a an open sensibility about what it is that you're looking to experience I think for, I mean it took me several years to sort of get the hang of, of um, appreciating all those nuanced opportunities um, have you showcased before official showcase this before? this was my I did fish uh, do an official showcase in 2017 but I had been on the standby list and so um, my I, it wasn't uh, I did, you know, it, I had gotten booked four days before the conference, so I didn't really get to promote it or whatever. So um, this kind of felt like my first official. And did you do a solo at that point? Did you no, have to pull was, a band together? I pulled a band together at the oh. last minute, which was um, which was fun. But this time felt um, a little more special. Mm-hmm. It was a great set. Mm, thank you. Um, I thought the sound in that room was really good, mm. um, and I've gone back to it several times mm. to see. If, if it was a fluke, you know that it was so good right. that night. But it's it, whoever's running that sound in that room. Yeah. Uh, as an audience member, it, it sounded really, really good. Um, what is your musical DNA? I mean, do mm. do you have siblings that are parents? That, mm. I, I do. Mean, yeah. In my family, there's so much um, music appreciation, and um, there are so many singers and. You know, players with many instruments that uh, we could sit here talking about it for for a while. But my I'm the youngest of four kids, and both my parents played music. My dad even has his master's in music. He plays the trumpet um, and taught music for a while. And my mom, um, they, everybody sings, and my mom um, played the piano, and my sister played the piano for a little bit and we all grew up playing a little bit of piano I still play a little bit of piano now but not a whole lot my brothers also played trumpet um, and sang in you know choir and church choir and school choirs and um, so I, I definitely always had it around me and I have a multitude of cousins who also sing quite well but were they are they making their living at no. music? no it was, an, it was an avocation and not that's right that's right. Um, but being one of the younger kids in my family, I definitely had the benefit of um, just always having great music around. Um, you know, do you have their support now? As yeah, for sure. They um, they of course they want to see me doing well, and they're really happy when I when I am. Uh, 
they are really happy when I am doing well. Um, so they want to see things not being like an incredibly difficult life of a folk musician, <laughs> but they for sure it love. Hard. It's really hard because they they do support me and they always have and they understand how much music means to me and how I believe in the power of songs. Um, and so they they I mean they do give me carte blanche support. And do you I, think you would do it if you didn't have that support? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. Although they're um unflailing belief in me definitely informed my belief in its possibility so it's probably impossible for for me to know whether i would actually be doing it without their support because i always had their support that um you know it's kind of funny to think about what would have been if that were not the case i i think when when, when i hear you say how much support you've had and how much that important to you I'm, I'm reminded of an artist that I spoke to who was was raised in a very uh, fundamental mm. religious mm -hmm. um, way mm -hmm. and music and that way of life is definitely not supported and she's completely estranged oh, from her family man. because of it mm. and has just had to make the choice mm. you know whether she's going to do it or not I just can't imagine mm. how difficult that would be when mm. it's already so hard, mm. you know, to make that life. So mm. good on your family. Mm. Um, yeah. Kudos to them for supporting you. Mm. Um, it it seems uh, from what little I have been able to discern with the, with the research is that you've got great collaborators. Mm, I do. Um, yeah. Is that something that comes naturally mm. to to you to be able to do? I mean, it didn't originally. Um, do you mean in terms of writing? Yeah, yeah. Like, like co-writes with, um, yeah, uh, like Robbie Hecht. Mm -hmm. He 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 co-wrote one of my favorite songs. Which one? So, Which one? Um, the Sea and the Shore. Yeah, with Amy. With Amy Spies. Yeah. Um, who I love that song. It's just stunning. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and one of those songs that pulled me off the side of the road. You know, mm. when I was driving, when I heard it. You know, mm. um, and I think. Robbie is one of these names that I keep hearing mm -hmm. come up all the mm -hmm. time that he collaborates. Mm -hmm. So how did you, how did you, um, how did you choose each other to collaborate with? I guess are you a music so-called music row writer? Or are you completely independent? I am an independent writer. Um, I don't have a pub deal. Um, my songs are on the row <laughs> in some in some way. I've written a lot with people on the row, uh -huh, uh -huh. but. Um, there's definitely a kind of divide between what goes on there on a daily basis and what Robbie and I tend to do every day. Like the country, the commercial country world is very different than what people like Robbie and I do. Um, so anyway, so so the way that Robbie and I uh, came to write together was really through the folk world, which includes coming to Folk Alliance. Mm -hmm. um, I sort of. I knew about him um, through, I knew about him through friends that had also written with him. I was living in New York City for 10 years, right after college, and... Uh, I hear such a Southern lilt to your yeah. voice. I knew, that, I knew you're not from New York. No, I'm originally from South Georgia, but I did live uh, in New York for a while, and I still talk like this. Um, <laughs> so... I started trying to co-write with people in New York um, to some 
degree of success, but I really didn't quite learn the the art of co-writing until I got to Nashville, where, of course, it is incredibly common for people to get in a room and write a song with someone else each day. Um, and so when I got to Nashville in two, the, the December of 2013, um, I started treating myself like I, like I did have a pub deal, you know, dress for the job you want, not for the job you have, right? So I was scheduling my weeks as if I had um, someone counting on me. Of course, I was counting on myself to like show up for the job. And so I was co-writing with people every day of the week, um, sometimes twice a day for several years, like lots and lots and lots of practice. And some of those were wildly successful and some of those were not. And sometimes, um, you know, anyone, we're all just kind of doing our best on any given day and, and, you know, when I was speaking to Amy Spies yeah. when she was in Kansas City the last time and, and did a show uh, and was kind enough to sit down with me, I asked her about what seems to me, from my perspective, just total chaos mm. in the industry mm -hmm. as a whole. And mm -hmm. how do you how do you navigate that chaos when you say you don't have a pub deal? Mm -hmm. For my listeners who may not have any idea how any of that works, mm -hmm. how do you protect? The work that you well, have. I I have a pub deal with myself. <laughs> so you have your own publishing company. That's right. I so own, nobody, we, nobody can steal it because that's you, right. Okay. Yeah, I mean somebody could try to steal it, but then you get into lawsuits, and right. hopefully you have the you have the legal right to your music. That's right. Own. Okay. As everyone does, the minute you write um, anything on a piece of paper or in a voice memo on your phone, it is protected by copyright law. Um, and so, but as a publisher, as a, as a songwriter, you have to establish yourself with a PRO, Performing Rights Organization. Right. Um, BMI, ASCAP. And CSAC. CSAC. And there are a couple others around the world that are specific to various regions of the world. Um, and you register as a writer and you register as a publisher if you do not have a publishing deal with someone else. Um, so there's a lot of sort of boring business stuff that goes into all that. Um, you know, and there are advantages. But once to, you have it done, once you have it done, it you know people talk about admin deals because there's a lot of administrative work that goes into administering your catalog. Um, but but when you're doing it yourself, you know it's important to keep that stuff organized and keep it all together. But what's really more important is just writing great songs. So and then one day if you write. Um, the next Sam Stone, then some publishers are going to come along and, and snag you up and, you know, hopefully help get that next Sam Stone to the next, you know, tier of listenership. Do you have a record deal? No. Do you want one? Yes. <laughs> so I have a distributor and the... Um, and is that, like, is that like Three Tigers or is that what they um, do? Or? 30 Tigers is a little more fancy than your typical distributor. So 30 Tigers is a, um, I think they call themselves a label services firm. And so they do your distribution, but they also partner with you and do lots of uh, marketing for you. David's awesome. David Macias runs 30 Tigers. He's great. Um, but distributors are like, your digital distributing companies were like TuneCore, CD Baby, things like mm. that. So I have a digital partner called uh, Tone Tree Music, and they do a great job pushing all my stuff out into the stratosphere and helping me market it, but I still own the masters. So when you have a record label deal, 
the record label owns the master recording that they are funding. And so then you don't make money from your master recording, you make money in other ways. So the, the place that I'm at in my career right now is very um, dependent upon the income from all the things that hopefully one day will be income for the people that are on my team, you know? But, but in the meantime, it's just a whole lot of hullabaloo to keep the ship going. It's, it sounds like it. I try to understand it just from um, a patron's point of view sure, or yeah. a supporter's um, about what you're up against, you mm -hmm. know, and who am I really supporting, mm -hmm. you know, when I, I buy that CD. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I try, and a lot of my like-minded friends try to be one-on-one -on -one with the artist. Yeah. And if we're going to buy a CD or a T-shirt or whatever, do mm -hmm. it from yeah. you when you're on the road because right. we know that that's really helping you get down you know, down the road to the next deal. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I did read about you that mm -hmm. was fascinating to me or interesting to me was that you recorded this yourself in your mm. own recording studio. I did. And as one who aspired to do be a sound engineer at some you did. Well, well, I did. I mean, I've always Well, said, you're engineering today. I, I, well, in, in, a, in a manner of speaking. But one of the things I learned about myself in the course of trying to make this transition from radio to podcasting or to do both of them at the same time is I don't like doing it. Yeah, totally. I don't like the editing right. of it. I mean, right. I have a very strong opinion about how I want it to sound mm. and what needs to be edited out or whatever. But mm -hmm. as far as the actual um, training on the software and what it takes to do the work with your eyes mm -hmm. and your ears. Um, I don't know whether it's just I'm, I'm too old for it and it, or it's too, it just doesn't interest me. I don't want to spend my time That's, doing I that. I literally said that to someone yesterday. I don't have the, that, I don't feel like I have that much time left mm -hmm. on this side of the ether. So mm -hmm. I don't want to spend it doing that. Well, and you're you know? also a really great, you know, conversationalist and DJ. So like, why not just continue to be great at what it is that you do and yeah. not try to like start some whole new career. You but know? it kept me from podcasting for almost 10 years right. because I got interested in it when podcasting first came to right. be Right. and I checked books out of the library and all that other because I didn't know anyone else who was doing it mm. and I was so overwhelmed at the time about what was going to take from the software and hardware point of view to do it. I you know, I let, me, do it. let me insert one little piece of uh, achievable wisdom. <laughs> Please and thank you. <laughs> In the last 10 years, the ability to record at home has improved drastically. So I made Money Record Violets as Camouflage at home with Logic, which is incredibly logical as it turns out. Um, do you, have you heard of Logic? Maybe. No. For the listeners who have yeah. not heard from, about Logic, it is essentially... A part of GarageBand. Right. So, okay. So, great. So, GarageBand is an Apple product, right? It comes and Audacity. On. We use Audacity. Totally, at, totally. At the station. And most recording uh, studios around the world use Pro Tools, which is incredibly awesome. But also, if you're not a super in, uh, educated engineer, it can be super daunting to learn. I don't use Pro Tools because it's so daunting. And, and like you said, like... Um, primarily trying to use recording as a vessel to deliver the thing that I really care about mm -hmm. and I'm not trying to like spend my whole life being an engineer um, but with that being said talk about the business and and all the things that you have to take care of and manage and even like keep yourself financially afloat 
um, when I made this record, I didn't have another $30,000 to spend on a record. And, or even 15000 Like, records are expensive. Uh, very much so. And so I was like, how can I, like, I'm a pretty quiet singer. You know, of course you can still spend gob tons of money on a quiet singer. But some of the things that do really well for me and what I do musically are real quiet. And I can record that with one microphone on one computer with one piece of software that cost me $300. Do you know what I mean? And so I I'm had, starting to because I'm doing this. Right, exactly. And sending the audio file mm -hmm. to my friend who mm -hmm. has the setup that you're talking about in right. his own house. Right. And he takes it mm -hmm. and, and takes my edit notes and creates one file that has the, the, the music inserts where I want it. Mm -hmm. I record on this an audio file that's my intro narrative that mm -hmm. describes yeah. who I'm going to be talking to and kind of our yeah. history or whatever. And so it's become so easy that even I can do it. Grandma Mary's 79, still got that fire in her eyes. They took her license, but she still drives to the beauty shop. Three days a week she's swimming laps And every night she has a nightcap Sings in the choir, she'll be doing that until she drops Says what you give is what you get Never know how many days you have left So hold somebody called Freddie and Francine. Oh, yes. They and were in Kansas City at uh, a listening room that I went to. Wonderful. Yes. yes. They're in there here this weekend yeah. as well, also officially showcasing. And I'm happy to say that there has been a little bit of a domino effect around my friend group of people that are like, oh, man, Mary just made her own record, and I can do that too. And the reality is, like, you can. And, you know, if you're somebody that needs to figure out how to make a record without a huge budget behind it that is one way that you can do it as long as obviously like as long as you're willing to I mean you know it's hundreds of hours of time well Lost Calgo Records right where you right. show the, the private showcase that you did um, those kids have um, a recording studio in their home and they've got all the bells and whistles that they're recording their own stuff they're recording other people's stuff mm -hmm. They're young, yeah, and they aren't doing any. And they're he's, hungry. And he's not doing anything else. She's a nurse, but it's work. It's working, yeah, and, they're, awesome. and they're able to provide that, mm. you know, to um, other aspiring musicians. Mm. And it's and, kind of the new underground recording. And thing. why not? Yeah, yeah, totally. It's like it's like Amy Spee said. It's chaotic, mm -hmm. so there are no rules mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. So if this is what I have to do to be able to. Um, get the word out about the artists that I like that I would like to share that that are not getting a voice on corporate or mainstream mm -hmm. media and I have this 100,000 watt blowtorch of creative insanity available to me uh, that streams 24-7 I'm going to use it mm -hmm. you absolutely know? Um, that's awesome 
but yeah, it's it's become easier. Mm. Um, the 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 biggest thing now is to try to determine who who to talk to and mm. and what really is the the overarching purpose of of it, other than just to get the word out and to share mm. you know the music with like minded people that I think mm. might you know might want to hear it. Totally. So when I read that you had this recording studio. In your house and you did that record on your own I was I'm trying to visualize you know mm. what it looks like and mm-hmm. I thought um, did she want to be a sound engineer was nope. she a sound engineer it's just out of necessity out of necessity I had started flying in tracks do you know what that phrase means um, so so a lot of people certainly very frequently in Nashville people will record an isolated uh, track of an instrument, and in my case, it's my voice. People will hire me to sing something, and, oh. and I will uh, sing, I will, I will simply record just my voice to the track while I'm, of course, listening to it through headphones, and then the fly-in part means I'm just literally emailing it to someone, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they put it on top of whatever track they're doing. So I had been hired to do that a lot myself at home. And so that was the beginning of learning how to track myself, um, which had kind of become a a bit of a side hustle for me, like singing demos and singing backup vocals Mm -hmm. on other people's Mm -hmm. records, which I could do at home easily. So I was learning by necessity in that way. And then actually, um, my friend Allie Sperry had a record made in their old house and my friend John Estes and Jamie Dick produced that record and that was the first time I went in and sang on a record where someone was tracking logic and and because previously people had kind of thought of logic as like a less than uh, tool to Pro Tools. Not a real professional. Yeah. Yeah. But but what we learned what they what everyone is learning is that um, and thankfully, I learned from people like my friend Alex Wong when I, you know, went to them and said, "Am I crazy for doing this?" He said, "Mary, remember that the most important thing about um, recordings is uh, are, are the song and the performance. And if you keep your focus on those two things, the you know which microphone you use, and and in some cases." Um, where you put the mic is not always as important or which corner of the room you're in is not always as important as the actual lyric, the melody, and the person who's singing it or playing it or whatever. So anyway, so there, so I'm kind of rambling now, but there was like a, a period where I just um, had to give myself permission to take my super DIY basic home recording uh set of skills to a new level of I can do more than just record my own voice but I can record my guitar and I can bring in my favorite players and record them playing um, and of course then I sent it off to have it mixed to have it mixed by one of my favorite mixing engineers and then of course mastered after that and those two pieces I thought and I do stand by that it was a real good choice to not do that part myself um, did I read recently that it's going, they're trying to pre- uh, pass a law or there is a law in Nashville or that county that you can't have a home recording studio? It actually is a law. It it's is the, on the books now. It is. It has been on the books. And so how, how it's just, invasive, it's, I mean, what, what are they, what's the definition of a recording studio that's, that's not permitted? Uh, any what you're doing uh-huh yeah it is That's technically illegal ridiculous. technically like literally every engineer recording at home 
anywhere in Nashville is breaking a law. Now, of course, it is not, well, I don't know any case of it being enforced. You know, I think it might have to do, I actually don't know. I shouldn't even speak about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we don't know, we don't know. But it's just, you know, you'd have to think of that a, a law gets passed like that because of the lobbying efforts of, of corporate uh, interests. It, it was either that or maybe it had something to do with, with business slash you know business versus residential zoning or something because maybe if but someone why specific is, recording studios because right. you're in like if you're an accountant city, working from music home city. right yeah well <laughs> i just remembered reading that recently and i thought that's that's crazy if that's yeah. that's true that's crazy and how that would you know immediately and very strategically impact diy artists yeah. you know that are doing that yeah thankfully it's I mean, it's it's become a topic again now because the music community is rallying around trying to get the law um, negated. I mean, it's like, what else can you keep throwing at us yeah. to keep us from to make being it able harder. to make a living? Yeah. Everybody loves music, wants to go out and listen to music. Yeah. Music is a big part of your life, and it, there's this like unseen dark Darth Vader force <laughs> in the universe that's trying to, to keep it down and I just I just don't yeah. I just don't understand it's, it's it. It's not helpful. No, it's not. Do you tour? I do, quite a bit. And the entire country, what's what's the uh Yeah. What's I, your process for putting a, a tour together? You do all that yourself as I well? I also do that myself. I, I I hope that'll be Do you hate it, love it? Booking? Um no, I don't like it one bit. I think it's it, it, I will say it has gotten easier for me, but only because I've been doing it for so long. I've mm -hmm. cultivated so many relationships with people around the country. And, and actually, I just did my first UK tour in Ireland last, uh, and Ireland last month, which was awesome. And That's actually, a bucket list for me is to super, go to Ireland. Oh, man, you have to go. I, Ireland okay. is so fantastic. Um, speaking of Ireland, I went because I was opening for McFlannery, who's fantastic, and he's here playing an official showcase at 520. He's like the number one artist in Ireland right now. He's delicious. His vocals are crazy good. And he's an incredible songwriter. But I'm like a geek about incredible voices. Yeah, I'm 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 that way too. I mean, mm. I think like I said at the top, um, I thought everybody's mother sang you know, my mother was such a great singer and she'd already given up her career by the time I was mm. born. I thought everybody's mother sang. Oh, that's like, so Patsy sweet. Klein, you know, washing the dishes in the kitchen. <laughs> you know, it took me a while to figure out that not everybody's mama could sing. But mm. I'm, I'm a real kind of, um, I don't even know what the right word is, but I just latch onto a really great voice. Mm. And, you know, growing up with the likes of Emmylou and Linda Ronstadt mm. and stuff and that having them and Bonnie Raitt having those as, you know, are my my touchstone. Mm. And I'm real picky. Mm. You know, I mean, I, you get to be. You know, yeah. I think everybody gets to be picky, and and I, yeah. I'm, I'm, Who are some of your musical heroes? Mm. Well, I think there are songwriting heroes mm -hmm. and singing heroes for me, and in some cases, well, I don't know if there are any any cases actually that are in the same that there there might be one person in both of those categories. But you know, I love Amy Lou Harris is singing. I love Dolly Parton. Actually, Dolly, she's in mm -hmm. both categories. Mm -hmm. Real great oh singer, gosh, she's, songwriter. She's written thousands of songs. Yeah, right now, probably. Like, 
such an incredible singer and she has a great voice. You know how like there's a difference between someone's ability as a singer versus what the quality of their voice is. And Dolly has both an incredible instrument that she was born with and she learned how to use it. And with the exception of, you know, one or two Dolly songs, people don't generally cover Dolly because you're going to be compared, I think. And some of the songs are hard to sing, I have to say. Yeah, no, I I have a a real appreciation for for her ability just because I wouldn't even be supposed to try to sing one of her songs. (laughs) Um, Contemporary, anybody more contemporary? Yeah, I love Patty Griffin. Yeah. I love Lucinda Williams. My maiden name is is Griffin, so I, I claim her as a cousin. Oh, <laughs> I was like, wonderful. I call her cousin Patty. But That's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and of course there are so many people of of the younger part of my generation that um, that I am such a fan of and sometimes get to work with these people that I'm a fan of and um, and it's it's incredible. Um, and just so there's so much great music happening all over that uh you know anytime you hear you know you find people that you've never heard of who are just outrageous our good. local our local scene in kansas city i've been there my entire adult life now and i've never seen it like it is now Wonderful. especially for the singer songwriter kelly hunt is a friend of mine and and i had her on the radio the first time she was ever on the radio she'd barely written a song and she was nominated for album of the year here. Excellent. Her first album got nominated. Wow. She ever did was nominated That's for album so cool. of the year. That's so cool. She's that good. Um, wow. I think, and she's young and yeah. thirty, um, and she's got an official showcase tonight awesome. at seven o'clock. That's so, so great. I I have great hope mm. and um, <laughs> um, respect for the younger generation. Mm. Yes, I had my Linda and my Bonnie mm. and and Lou, but. Uh, these young, such as yourself and 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 like you said, Patty Griffin and um, Courtney Courtney Marie Andrews. Yes, Courtney is. Oh my goodness! Is, just what an instrument, huh? Stunning. Yeah, I and mean, I just like when she sings, I don't breathe. I'm <laughs> She's a real good example of someone who hustled on her own for a long time and ran all her own, as far as I know, ran all her own business elements mm-hmm. and then like one day it just shifted I, and I did not hear of her and the next thing I know I'm sitting at the Ryman mm-hmm. you know for the awards for the AMAs and yeah. she's been nominated and I've never heard of her and, before and if you hear her sing Mayor Kindness oh, Remain for oh. the first time and you're like who the hell is she this? shortly came to she came to Knuckleheads in Kansas City yeah. shortly after she had been at the Ryman and I'm sitting as close almost as close as we are and she's singing that and I'm mean, like I am tearing up and trying not to and she's looking at me <laughs> I know I know it's distracting <laughs> but I, I can't help it that's um, she's I she's think a, she's she's so incredible and that's she's real kind mm-hmm. I mean she's like that song is actually a, a real uh, extension of who she is as a person do you do you do the songwriting rounds and stuff in Nashville oh yeah do you feel yeah. like you have to live in Nashville yes yeah I think I have to live in Nashville for this chapter of my life because I'm still learning really how to you know like earlier when I wrote that idea down after you said that thing about um I want to ask you if uh-huh. you know <laughs> like yeah like this when you have these ideas about songs they can occur to you and you get real excited about them and then when it gets scary when you're interested in hiding from your own truth because it's too hard to talk about or you don't want the world to know or whatever it is or you're just not ready 
or yeah or you're just not not doing the work like there is an opportunity there and a challenge to do the work and living in Nashville is teaching me so much about how to lean into that when the opportunity presents itself because in 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 years past I would just run away from it because it's scary to write about your own stuff but the reality is like if you feel so painful about or happy or whatever but usually it's pain (laughs) that resonates so much with people if you feel so strongly about something that it scares you enough to put you in that position where you're almost about to run away from it you can guarantee that the person listening to your song has felt that exact same Mm -hmm. thing well as like I said as a patron or someone who can't play an instrument and can't uh, write a song. I've taken a stab sometimes at least writing lyrics to try mm. to get something out and give it to one of my yeah, totally. um, oh, you know, songwriting friends, you know, just can you put this to music? But but uh, it's still too personal. I'm not, mm. I'm not ready to, to let it go. But I, it was a great exercise for mm, me yeah. to attempt it, you totally. know, to sit down and, and put that in verse and rhyme mm-hmm. and not make it sound like a 17 year old right you know <laughs> yeah I mean um, it's, it's sometimes it's really just about the 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 moment the effort that you're making when you're interested in putting those feelings down on the page because it half of the reason why I do what I do is because the writing is so enjoyable and also like so um it, it provides so much levity to a feeling that makes life easier. Like if I can pinpoint a feeling about something um, and sort of explain to myself either like that it's okay that I'm feeling this feeling or what it is that I might do to feel better about the feeling. Like those things that I have to do when I'm actually writing and putting it on the page and feeling like I'm a 17 year old person who's never written a song before like that's half the reason I do what I do because it literally helps me live life mm-hmm. you know no I think it would be a wonderful um, skill mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. you know it's, it's important please don't stop mm-hmm. um, what's next for you mm-hmm. when, uh, besides going out and getting some rest and, oh right sleep I mean, I when, you, when you have a day off do you read do you shop do you knit what, what do you do when, for self care well I'm real bad at taking time off I have to mm-hmm. say so I'm, I'm trying to learn more about how to take better care of myself I do read I'm actually um, trying to watch more movies because mm-hmm. I, I think movies are so incredible I love what I used to watch a lot of movies and I used to read a lot of books mm-hmm. and I think like a lot of folks that are uh, it's like if you you can't concentrate on anything or focus on anything more than 10 or 15 minutes right so I'm definitely in this new chapter of like trying to leave my phone um, in a place and walk away from it mm-hmm. for hours at a time mm-hmm. um, and usually that only happens I haven't looked time. at email for three days wow and I'm like good luck catching up on I know, that it's gonna be awful <laughs> I've definitely been like working the entire time I've been here. Like, anyway, uh, so so I have a, a covers EP coming out on March sixth, which is a, a fun little little. You did it yourself. I sure in your, did. In your, in your house. Uh, yeah, yeah. In your um, pirate <laughs> sound studio. Yeah, yeah. Your... Don't call the mayor. <laughs> I believe me, I won't. <laughs> yeah. So you have a, you have a cover CD coming out in March. Do you have any plans to tour in our area in our section of the country? You know, I do. I need to I need to include Kansas City on um, the next 
tour. I think I'm going to be heading up to the Midwest in, um, I think it's August. And when you did the Folk Friday yes. thing, was that part of a something you could plug in because of the mm -hmm. tour that you were doing sure. at the time? Yes, that was definitely a really one that was a wonderfully routed tour routing is hard which is part of the reason booking stinks when you're not right a i can agent. only i mean it's just such a nightmare just to figure out which way to come down here yeah for the conference because there were so <laughs> many options we're not going home the same way we came down here right um but uh yeah so but i'd I'll, love to see you in kansas city for yeah sure. well we're, we're we'll stay in touch great and if there's anything i can do to help you mm, thank you, you know um you other so than much. Just get the word mm. out there. I am, you know, I am playing your music on my radio mm. show. Thank I'm you only, so much. I'm only on once a week, but um, <laughs> uh, I have a. We've started a little house concert series Great. in Kansas City Great. and the podcast, and I'm I'm doing what I can. But mm. feel free to reach out to mm. me for whatever you think I can help you with. Thank and thank you, so you again much. for doing this today. You're so welcome. And it's so my pleasure. Totally. And it's my pleasure it, to think, chat with I you. I think we did it. I think we. We burned through 45 minutes, Woo! oh my God. <laughs> That's awesome. It is awesome. Don't it feel like you can hang the moon when you're rolling? The shine starts to fade way too soon before you know it. It's gonna feel like running nothing going nowhere fast feels like crawling stalling and coming in last it'll all make sense once you've been to hell and back it looks like the long way on the wrong train you find